Welcome to You're Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. So um, this teacher, her name is Dina Persico, she is suing a school that she worked for, the Chesterfield County Public Schools, because administrators told her that her appearance was, quote, too flamboyant, which is funny because she is a... She's dressed like Rick Moranis. (laughs) (laughs) She says, she says, I mean, she's also a gay woman, said um, that she normally would wear a shirt, trousers, trainers, I guess that's sneakers, right? Yeah. Shirt, shirt, trousers, sneakers, and a sweater or fleece to work, which is like, yeah, that's Rick Moranis and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, she's dressed very conservatively. Very conservatively. And uh, and I mean, I'm looking at a picture. She looks like a teacher. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, the school district kept giving her shit for basically not dressing, quote, like a woman, basically. But I think the the real, I mean, I I hate just judging off of someone's appearance, but she is, you know, she's probably, you would identify as more butch in her Mm. appearance she has Mm -hmm. shorter hair she doesn't necessarily conform to gender stereotypes of what a what a quote-unquote cis woman should wear and so she's doing her thing they told her they they asked her to to, she says that somebody uh in one of the in the administration asked her to grow bangs (laughs) and her wife is insane crazy her wife also works bangs do hide a lot though Mm -hmm. (laughs) her wife uh erin guth also works at the school uh, and said, it's very clear to me that my wife was discriminated against because of the way she expresses her gender. Well, so this is interesting because, like, clearly, so they're in an out-married relationship because yeah. her wife works at the same school. And her wife is, says, I, she says, I get, she basically said, I uh, I think women like me are given more of a pass because right. we appear more feminine. Right. So, and, and she and, didn't get yeah. shit, and you know. She, so she doesn't get shit from the principals to be like, smile more or whatever. But can you fathom telling... An employee of yours in a school. They, in a school, <laughs> how to dress and to, well, and to dress how more to grow their the, hair. This isn't like in necessarily a small area of Virginia. This is in the suburbs of Richmond, right? Like this is like sure. a fairly liberal. That's why it's urban it's so, area. It's so bananas. It seems mm. like stra- it's strangely misplaced. Yeah, I mean, geographically it's not urban, it's speaking, suburban, but yeah, hey, what's it, what made me think about this was when I was uh, working at a movie theater when I was a kid in high school, like the one high you school stole to college. From? Yeah, the one I stole from. <laughs> um, you'll you'll understand why I stole from them after this story. <laughs> okay. uh, when I was working in the St. Louis part of them, because I did both St. Louis and Chicago, I had this manager, and I was a really open, out, queer kid. You yeah. know what I mean? Very yeah, the flamboyant. Doll in the butt. Yeah, we doll know that story. Doll in the butt. <laughs> yeah. And and so I was very open about who I was, and I never really hit it in terms of the way I acted or my mannerisms or how I dressed. And I would I was selling tickets because I was always the one with the personality. They wanted someone fun out front, and um, so I got it. And this one manager never really liked me ever, but I was always a big hit with the customers. And he would constantly like give me notes, and they were never they were always bordering like. It's just strange notes to give someone yeah. in a in a half like a part time job, and then finally he asked me to act more like masculine. He mm. added, he added me how like do you, how do you phrase it? He said I need to uh, like maybe deepen my voice when I sell tickets. No way. Wow. And I remember thinking I was had just graduated high school, and I remember sitting there thinking, 
I forget what film it was. It might have been Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but it was a big hit. It was yeah, a big yeah, yeah. film and long lines and everything. And I, he just gave me this note at my break. And I was coming back to this big long line, relieving the person who was giving me a break. And I thought, like, this is bullshit. Like, why this? I don't need this fucking job. And also, like, how dare you tell me I should deepen my voice yeah. just to yeah, sound crazy. more straight? Like, that's ridiculous just as if anyone's gonna leave the line <laughs> yeah because, because some queer kid is selling him a ticket to fucking crouching tiger hidden dragon <laughs> right it doesn't make sense no and so i i went back to my job i was selling tickets and i remember saying to the customer in front of me i was like i'm sorry i have to do this someone that my boss just told me something bad and i turned to my coworker next to me was like i quit and i just like left i just left the theater oh, everything wow. it was just one that of was those- your last day at that St. Louis part of the theater, oh, yeah, it was it. just one of those. And then when I moved to Chicago, I had a gay manager, and he understood the whole situation. But yeah. it was it was one of those moments where I was just like, I know, I know my sexuality is an asset. You know mm. what I mean? Like I know it always was for me. Like my first job ever, I asked women about their sexual practices for a survey for Washington University sure. because they knew that I would be the best person to have women talk to because I was so you, non-threatening you to them. open them up. Yeah. Well, I was non-threatening <laughs> to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I knew it was an asset and in this moment I was just like, fuck this. This is bullshit. The world shouldn't work like this. And I I have a... And this woman... Clearly, I mean, she's yeah, if you look her up, an established teacher, like you kids said, lover, yeah, if you, probably. Yeah, you kids look her really up, like she, her. The kids really liked her. She looks like a compl- she looks like Brent said. She looks like a teacher. Yeah, and I said Rick Moranis, but yeah, I said right. teacher because yes. I'm the nice one. Right, she looks like a teacher, <laughs> and it is also so interesting that she was told that her appearance was flamboyant because you look at clothing flamboyantly. Can- Butch. Right. Flamboyantly yes. butch. Yeah. And it's like, it goes both ways. If somebody's going to tell you yeah. your voice is too high. Which I don't think my voice is Which, by is the way, high. if someone me said either. that to me, I would have been like, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I would have <laughs> immediately changed it. Like, you like this? You like no. this? I immediately was you like, like me now? girl, shut up. Work, bitch. <laughs> so you, you walked out? Yeah, I walked out of the theater. Um, and my mom was so proud of me. And then she was like, how are you going to pay for things? Man, see, I bet that's the only time anyone in line was annoyed. They're like, oh, man, that faggot just... No, they were waiting in line for four hours. (laughs) Well, you got them back by stealing from a theater in the same corporate chain? Corporate chain. of dollars. Oh, boy. Lan, do you want to edit that out? No, No, don't. Keep that in. Why would you edit that out? I was just kidding. Not even joking. So you guys are um, co-hosts of the podcast Gilmore Guys. Yes, a yes. huge podcast. R I P. And Demi, you also co-host Wait, so the podcast. It's over. It's over. It's it like is over. 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 Uh-huh. So what have you transitioned to since then? We uh, both host separate podcasts, mm-hmm. yeah. but equal podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yes, equal. <laughs> separate but equal in the eyes of the law. <laughs> wow, and the Lord. I've done Demi's podcast. Yeah. Wait, what are the two podcasts on? Uh, I'll describe Demi's. Demi's is Punch Up the Jam, which he hosts with his wonderful co-host, Miel Bredo. They take a song, a popular song that you may or may not have known before. They talk about it, they dissect it, and then they punch it up and make a better version. Oh, wow. I did a Celine Dion song. Yeah, that's the way it is. Wonderful guest. Thank you so much. Uh, And Kevin currently hosts the podcast Good Christian Fun with Caroline Ely. You got I was it, like, I, I never know how to pronounce the last name. Yeah. They discuss like uh, things in Christian culture from a both secular and non-secular standpoint in a very fun way. I did his yeah. very NPR. A lot of Christian yeah. rock. I listened to that. I was raised Mormon and then converted to Judaism. Ooh, so really? I got the Christian and the mm-hmm. Jewin. Mm-hmm. What a mm-hmm. literally and figuratively over the years. <laughs> did you convert to Judaism for like a, in like a marriage scenario? Or? No, oh, no. Okay. I was single. I was gay. Mm. I was alone. Oh, you're gay? Uh, yeah. Hmm. I, everything. I was definitely a rarity in the conversion. 
class. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys um, did this podcast. It's over now. But Gilmore Guys was a big, very popular podcast. And I'm just curious. Um, first of all, how do you identify <laughs> sexually? Oh, sure. Uh, straight and white. No, just, just <laughs> Sexuality is white. <laughs> My sexuality is white. Straight cisgender. Cool, cool, he, cool. Yeah. Same. Cool. So that being said, uh, I... As as gay guys, I we we're often you know uh, um, drawn toward certain shows and whatever that are that have like queer appeal. <laughs> and Gilmore Girls definitely falls in the category of queer appeal. That was my I mean, question. I it was very it? sort of it does I think because it does have the tropes of like Golden Girls and other shows where it has very strong <laughs> female actresses on the show that are the center of the show, guiding the show, moving the show forward, and they aren't necessarily your typical female roles like on the Golden Girls. I think on Gilmore Girls, it's very much that, isn't it? So, I th- oh, I'm sorry, can I say this real quick? Yeah. I have never once seen one episode of the Gilmore Girl- Girls. Why? And, of course, I knew Alan was going to be offended, <laughs> and I know nothing about it. But I, I didn't look it up because I thought it would be fun to... To, like, I guess be educated about it? Well, so did well, we. Well, Demi, Demi <laughs> never watched the show before, right. yeah, before doing the podcast. So you never watched the show. Wait, so, like, as straight men, then, yeah. how, what was the the, the draw? Because I get it. When I moved to New York, my straight roommate in Brooklyn, same age as me, everything, he was obsessed with the Gilmore Girls, and he's he was? the one who introduced me to the Gilmore Girls. I didn't huh. know anything about him. So what drew you guys to the show? Well, I, I watched it a bunch growing up when I was a kid, so I was a fan of it. And Thanks then, for making us feel old. <laughs> when I was a kid, like a teenager kid, yeah. like an early 20s kid. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, it was just one of those things that was delightfully off-brand for WB stuff, Yeah, because it wasn't nearly as what I perceive to be as vapid as like a One Tree Hill or a Dawson's Creek, which obviously have their merits and pleasures as sure, well. Sure, But I think for me, because I was, you know, I was always uh, a little bit of feet and sensitive and I did theater stuff. So it wasn't like, oh, and here's this one thing that doesn't jive at all with like how I perform my masculinity. It was like, <laughs> yeah, no, right. this seems a one piece. Very less. Less. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't like a strange struggle to like reconcile why I would have taste in it yeah. uh, and be drawn to it in the first mm-hmm. place. But I just thought it was, fu- it was a really funny, really good show. And Demi, yeah. you got into it, right? Yeah, uh, yes, but also <laughs> I think I never loved it at the level that people really wanted me to, but right. I still I can obviously see the draw and I, I do really enjoy the show in a, a big way. <laughs> it's very apolo- You sound very yeah. apologetic. Well, yeah. Because it's this weird thing where I feel like I've been put at the not the center but like at the head of a sort of fandom that is so strong and so sparse and at the same time it's like if you're someone who wants to be the figurehead or like the talking person for a fandom as big as Gilmore Girls it yeah. makes sense that you would like love the show and have this piece yeah. of praise for it but if I'm being honest and like there's 400 recorded hours of me saying Ooh. as much it's like <laughs> I like it a lot I don't think I like it as much as people would like me to, but I also think yeah. that it's a little different when you, the first time you approach a show like this is under the guise of people listening to your every word and yeah, having to like critique. How I love do people it. react so to not being a mega fan? I, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of shotguns. On the, on the Gilmore Girls, po- like, or, or on the Golden Girls podcast that I do, when we had, when we had guests on that maybe didn't know the show very well or weren't fans of the show, the reaction from the audience was, like, <laughs> vicious. And we yeah. had to stop having them on. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. If you yeah. weren't a huge fan of the Golden Girls, you could not be I, on the podcast. I, I was always your, like, neutral Yeah, you guest. were neutral. 
And we, I, but I, we like had the, to, I like the Golden Girls, but, we but had I don't school love you them. beforehand for saying the things that like yeah. Yeah. everyone knows about the Golden yeah. Girls, but yet everyone asks, like, oh, did you know Sophia was actually younger? Like, everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we went through a similar arc where <laughs> the proposition that we set up at the beginning, I mean, just between us, was let's do a comedy show and a podcast. Yeah. The format is Gilmore Girls. We're going to talk about Gilmore Girls. So that was like kind of the promise we made to each other. It's a comedy show and we talk about Gilmore Girls. But then, there became this kind of, uh, in good and bad ways, a tension between us and the audience of like, this is a comedy show that also talks about Gilmore Girls and too. This is a Gilmore Girls podcast. And they're funny when they talk about it, but this is actually about Gilmore Girls. Because of course, Mm -hmm. it's like, of course that would be in an attractional element. That would be something you Google like, oh, are there any Gilmore Girls podcasts? And you click on it. It, So there was always this kind of push and pull of like our expectations and the audience expectations for what they wanted us to do that Mm -hmm. oftentimes became really... (laughs) intense in some ways and especially when like you know like the devil-edged sword of press came and like new york times did a feature on us they're like meet these guys who can't get enough of the gilmore girls it's like kind of but not exactly so then we're positioned as like they're the leaders of the fan it's like not really we just want to have fun and make jokes and chat and have fun with our friends so it's something we like definitely I think, and especially like the perspective on it is a lot clearer two years after the fact of it ending. But it's something I think we continue to wrestle with through it to the point where I think I think that's why we ended up doing like three and a half hour episodes yeah. Yeah. on a regular basis, not wow. even like as a lark. Because it's like we want to do everything we want to do. Yeah, and we, we also have to talk about every minute and second. Right, of the we show. don't want people to hate us. Yeah, and there's so much dialogue on that show so that like much. you could, I mean, dissecting it takes three hours now a question that i think we get asked a lot as sort of just gay people is how does how does your sexuality come into play from the audience because the audience is mostly female Mm -hmm. and and just internet audiences in general podcast audiences are mostly female is that a across the board statistic yeah i I mean data shows that like female listenership and the internet usage is just huge Mm -hmm. and that makes so much sense ads everything women Mm -hmm. run the world and we just need to give them credit women made the Beatles Um, Beatles. but did they ever because it would i mean just um, for me it's odd to have two straight men host a Gilmore well, Girls podcast. To me, that's what's... So, I mean, I found sure, it so interesting. Sure, you think it's funny as a comedian, but a regular person in the world who's a fan of the Gilmore Girls who isn't a comedian doesn't find the humor in that. Right. I'm So but, I'm I'm wondering, like, how did they react in that way? Well, they definitely assumed I was gay throughout. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and how did, like, how did you react to that? I'm fine, because it's not like I was clinging so hard to my straight identity where I'm like, yeah. no, I'm straight. Like, so it's like, think whatever you want to think. Yeah. Um... But I think for us, it, it was a thing where, because it is such a marketable gimmick and hook, mm-hmm. like the premise of that, it's like two guys talking about a lady show, blah, 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 you know, yeah. that we didn't want to lean in too much and be disrespectful. That's what of, it felt like. It felt like, oh my God, these two men <laughs> are talking about a show about women. And it was like this, this, that's what it felt like this, like, you know, big, like, to do about the idea that it was like two dudes talking about a mostly woman run, woman led show. There, there's yeah. an ad right now that's running, which is uh, two, I think, f- I don't know if it's real or not. It's two former football players that have a bakery. Mm. And it's basically the ad is about the novelty that these two really big, muscular black guys, like, purple frosting and it's so weird to see it because you're like yeah it's charming because maybe you're used to watching like women in in bakery settings 
but it's like is this really that I mean it's, a, it's just a bizarre, it's, I mean you guys tell me that if you felt if you felt that on your end this like weird positioning def- of gender and sexuality it definitely felt like a thing that we were like even going to it I think in the first episode we were saying like that's not really the point or the thing that we want to lean on we just kind of wanted to pick a thing to talk about but it does feel like every time that anyone reported on the show or like any time that anyone was talking about the show to their friends that would be like the thing and then it became a thing where we started seeing like backlash people being like oh great so it's just they're leaning on this as a novelty and we want to be like no 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 that's not it's just yeah. we just happened to be do it like it was always it was based on Kevin's like love genuine love for Gilmore Girls and like the timing of it coming back to Netflix and just yeah. the idea that it was a fun thing to talk about it was never really like oh this would be a wacky thing for us to do yeah and I I even wonder uh, and I've never really thought about it but I wonder like in 2019 if something like that would be received warmly at all that's the mm. thing it's like that's exactly my, my what I was thinking that like this is just a few years ago and. Even then, it felt like it was just the the coverage of it was just tinged with the slightest amount of like like cultural homoph- appropriation, right? The, well, the strangest, the slightest bit of like, can you believe it? Yeah. I think can on you some believe level, it? though, I mean, it would be welcomed in oh, 2019, hugely so. In that, it would be sort of like two straight men trying to understand women, totally, right? In a way, through the Gilmore Girls, which. <clears throat> I think it's a pretty awesome thing to hear, mm-hmm. you know, like having sort of woke men listen to the Gilmore Girls and and We should have react. called it that. Alan hosts a Golden Girls podcast, but we're both Golden Girls fanatics, and I certainly can feel often a level of a little bit of an exhaustion of people being like, it's you, like, yeah. you, you know everything Golden Girls, which is like, okay, cool. Do you guys ever feel that way? Like, people are like, you, you guys, Gilmore Girls, like, you know everything, Yes, for sure. Uh, I I think there are still people who see me as like, oh, one of the Gilmore guys, guys, and I'm always just kind of like, I if you've listened to the podcast, I feel like you just be like, oh, he was there, but I don't feel <laughs> like I'm necessarily an expert on it. And I've also like seen every episode one time through. I don't yeah. really rewatch the series. Right. I don't have like. I have a connection to it insofar as it's like I really love doing the podcast sure. and I enjoyed watching the episodes, but not so insofar as it's like it means a lot to me and it's like this warm blanket that I think a lot of people will. That's what uh, I always that is thought so about funny. the show. It was a warm Everyone, blanket. Everyone does. Kevin. And for Demi, it was a prickly blanket full of nag- nails Get and spikes. <laughs> for me, it was a nice tall cup of coffee that I drank and then was very quickly like, well, I'm done with it. And that. then had jitters afterwards for a yeah. couple hours. I can't stop. If you could force David to watch a show like every single episode, what would you force him to I, watch? I'm David, right? Oh. Yes, yeah. you are okay. David. Gotcha. <laughs> every episode of a show? <sighs> I don't know. Something I haven't seen before. Something you haven't seen. Before. That's hard because I feel like you've seen all of the shows that I've seen. Want <laughs> to be The Wire? Friday Night Lights. I have not seen. I the was wire. just thinking The Wire. Love, but Friday I didn't want to like be like, oh, the one black guy in there. I'm gonna say The Wire. I, I haven't do that. seen The Wire, so yeah, I would see, just. I can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen The Wire. I, ne- I have no interest. I, ne- I never. I never get real. Whenever something becomes really big quickly, I'm like, no thanks. I watched yeah. it after the pull out. The Sopranos. Exhausted. I did that. Everyone was obsessed with The Sopranos for yeah. years, of course. And then after I like binged it, and it's just a fucking opera. Yeah, it's beautiful. Sopranos is great. Yeah. Uh, but like, I never got into Breaking Bad, and I tried. I still haven't seen it. Never got into Breaking Bad. Uh, Mad Men is fine. Yeah, it's, Mad Men is fine. It's boring. Yeah. It is boring, but I think that's why, to me, it's, like, fine. I'm like, it's not exciting, but it is, like, well-made. And I tried... What's the one on HBO? Game of Thrones. I tried... Oh, I can't do I it. don't like it. I don't I get it. Too much love. snow. Too much snow. Dragons? Too much snow is the criticism. <laughs> I, love, I love everything about Game of Thrones in, in, in a vacuum, and yet I couldn't 
make myself I like that. I think it's show. so boring. I watched the entire first season yeah. and I was like, wow, cool. And then I was just, it came back and I was like, nah, I'm not, I don't want to. It does I only feel like, like a, the nude pictures I see on the internet. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I look for. What if you guys, would you ever choose a, a new show and. I mean, no. you guys are both doing your things, but no, I don't think so. I, I'm not so big on just the idea of like experience. Like he's doing Maisel right now, and the reason I didn't yeah. want to oh, do yeah. that is because I am just. I think the way that I experienced Gilmore Girls was very difficult for me to enjoy it as anything other than like an experiment. Yeah. So I just think that's not a great way for me to watch TV. But also, it just feels like I don't know. I don't want to comment on TV. I I, I want to like just experience TV and then maybe yeah. be like, oh, I'll talk about it way after the fact. It but. definitely yeah. breaks your brain after. Right. I mean, I'm sure you guys experienced it, but it definitely breaks your brain after a little bit, where you yeah. just see the ones and zeros in the matrix of like, oh, that act break was blah blah yeah. blah. This yeah. reminds me of this director. Me and my and- co-host Carrie Doherty, who need to get on this podcast. She takes a totally different approach. I'm very much the fan in the podcast where, like, I don't care how many times I've seen an episode. I'm going to geek out. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to quote. I'm going to be a fool on the podcast mm-hmm. where she's very much like, can you believe that act break? How, there's the, Where's the continuity? Yeah. Where's the, like, it, she mm-hmm. breaks it down. And, and which we, you need that dynamic to have the one side of the brain who freaks Analytical. out. Over, exactly. Yeah. And then me just being obnoxious. Yeah. So let's see. So on our podcast, uh, you're, Alan's obnoxious. That's uh, <laughs> true. It's true. Wait, now tell us a little bit about the Maisel podcast. Oh, sure. Yeah. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I love that show. <laughs> that was, uh, that came what do you call it? The Maisel Goys, right? The Maisel Goys, because my co-host and I are very Hilarious. Uh, and that came from a thing of, it felt like a natural extension of conversations I was having with my friend, Alice Wetterlin, who's also a great stand-up comedian. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a woman, too. A woman. Yeah, a woman. Oh, <laughs> she's a woman. <laughs> and honestly, it ended up, because it was just such low stakes of like, well, I guess we could just put this out. It really felt that one more than anything because of like the built-in audience of like Sherman Palladino or Gilmore mm-hmm. stuff. That was just a nice excuse to hang out for ten hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we do it, like I have a very different like attitude and mo of Gilmore guys stuff, where it's like we had to coordinate with like touring schedules. Okay, yeah. okay, we're going to Washington then and Portland then. Okay, what are we gonna do? And this is just like show up to the studio, just chill out. Yeah. It's this TV show. Mm-hmm. Also, it's very strange because talking about Gilmore was an interesting thing because it felt it felt like it was appreciated but kind of overlooked at its time. Yeah. And then it came back and it felt like bigger than ever for a little bit. And then with Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, though, it's almost like talking about Star Wars or something because <laughs> right. it's like, it's won all these Emmys. So Everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's an Amazon it's Prime. It's a great show. Yeah. It, I've still... It looks so unpleasant to me. I, <laughs> I mean, Jews so... love to hate on other Jew things. I am not that Jew. It is lovely. It is funny. <laughs> it is a Joan delight. Rivers, right? No, uh, it's sort of loosely? a it's a hybrid loosely. of Joan and Phyllis Diller Phyllis and a lot right. of other comics with Lenny Bruce added in there. Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a lot of different. I've yeah. still only seen the pilot, but I've seen the pilot like three times. It's really? Good. Yeah. Why? It's just like I should not have You time. can't get into it. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. You're trying. Yeah. I, I genuinely like every time I'm like, oh, maybe I should watch some TV. I was like, I like, I'm like, well, just boot up Maisel, but I just <laughs> don't have. Boot up Maisel. Whenever I have like a free couple hours, my default is always to find like some insane thing on YouTube that will blow my mind. Oh, right. I'm usually murder straight oriented. to murder, yeah. true crime, yeah. like any forensic file. I've I am been there. so obsessed with well, we won't get into it. Well, <laughs> I think I think that hits upon an interesting thing too that's happening with comedy stuff where it feels like with dramas and dramatic TV shows, you always still want to watch like whatever people recommend to you, like, oh, Homecoming's really good or sure. like whatever the new HBO thing is. But with comedy, it feels like the kind of kick 
that you get from a comedy, you could get by scrolling for 45 seconds on Instagram mm, oh, if yeah. you want to. Yeah. So then comedy starts to feel a lot less essential, and it's like, ah, oh, maybe I won't watch Superstore because... Is Maisel uh, more of a comedy or a drama? I feel like it's more of a drama. I mean, in it's 2019, a, it's definitely a drama. Yeah. Yeah. Do they, drama does heavy it, D. Does yeah. it make you... I honestly don't know because I, I don't like like the twenties or whatever the fuck it is, but vintage <laughs> stuff. But so like, not the Mrs. Maisel the forties. I don't care. Yeah. But uh, is it past. is it actually funny? Yeah, it has funny yeah. parts. I mean, uh-huh. it's still an hour long show with the I mean, lot of dramatic yeah. stuff. It's really it, it, like in the pilot episode. I don't think it's giving anything away. Really, she's getting ready for Brent um, is plugging his Passover. ears so hard right <laughs> now. She's getting ready for Passover dinner. She's a young wife, you know, Jewish. She's trying to like make this dinner super nice. The rabbi is coming over. It's a big fucking deal. And her husband said that and after two kids says he's leaving her and and she's distraught she gets drunk on the Manischewitz wine which is sure. really funny and to a Jewish audience yeah of course and she stumbles down to what's the name of the comedy the club the Gaslight Cafe the Gaslight Cafe which is supposed to be sort of like a Woody Allen started performing Lenny Bruce performed yeah. in New York all these Inside places the she stumbles in yeah, in exactly. her um, nightgown because she always her husband was trying to be a comic but he wasn't very good because he was stealing Bob Newhart's material <laughs> so he would like she would give these casseroles to the owner of the place she went back to get the casserole in her nightgown she stumbled on stage drunk and like killed it in a set Mm. and it's just so organic Mm. in a way even though that's an absurd thing to think would ever happen it's a musical without musical numbers it's true it's musical logic yeah it's very Howard Hogg's very like ah darling but it's also (laughs) the way the Gilmore Girls uh, who's the writer's name Amy Sherman Palladino fuck her name up all the time she's incredible (laughs) Mrs. Top Hat right her dialogue is so quick that it's almost musical (laughs) it's Uh I mean she she writes so it's like Aaron Sorkin in a way they write so many words so quick and it moves so fast that Mm. like and she is doing a musical she's reviving Gypsy. Oh, but with who was in the lead? Uh, Me. There was talks of Demi <laughs> Dijuribe in the lead as I'm the kidding. I turned it down. Gypsy. <laughs> oh my god. They were saying Melissa McCarthy maybe. What? Which would be like an interesting reunion as the mother. Look, not I'll see her Why not Barbara anything. Streisand? I'm going to give you a, 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 I'm going to let you in on a deep secret. Yeah. Mm. The main reason I haven't watched Mrs. Maisel is the font. I oh, think that the font, the font is, so is a practical joke I mean, on people with taste. Wait, Ellie, it's Ellie, terrible. Wait, Demi, I, don't I don't even know the font. font. Wait, let me let Demi explain it because she can explain it for it's me. It's just like the kitschiest. It feels like the font that you'd see on the back of like a Bratz doll yes. or something. Yeah. It's just this weird kitschy like star font <sighs> that feels like it belongs on like an Easy Bake Oven yeah, ad or like something. A, like, <laughs> a, like a brownie mix from Trader Joe's. Yes. It's called Diner Font. And oh, there's a sparkly variant that they use for the post. I'm out. Immediately out but it's like Elliot, a Fred Elliot is reject. such a he's <laughs> such a purist when it comes to fonts that mm. you will you'll cast people aside in your life if they it's not Times New Roman it's if, not good enough right. no 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 I don't know if we actually got to ask this question so I do want to ask sure do you think as guys who watched it and Alan you watched it too mm-hmm. does Gilmore Girls have like a queer sensibility to it 100 percent. really yeah I, w- I feel like I mean it does sort of have like I mean, again, I can't even say as someone who's not a queer man, but I feel like it it definitely has a female sensibility to it, but it also is very, like, almost, for the time, homophobic in a way. Like, very Mm. casually, just, like, discarding things in a way. That was a recurring segment on the show. Is this homophobic? And it usually was. (laughs) On our podcast. Yeah, on our podcast. Talking about the show. How so? Like, can you give an example? I remember one example in which uh, one of the main characters, Luke, is describing something. He's like, what's with the gay bag? And it's just like, oh, weird, just throwaway line. Oh, weird. Uh, Is it too late to cancel Gilmore Girls? (laughs) It is Gilmore Girls, you're literally canceled. (laughs) They tried to, like, 
sticks it in the... I mean, but when was it written? Uh, 2002 to 2007. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, it, worked. it, it was, post, it was post Will and Grace, though. Let's be real. Yeah. It was mostly post 9 11. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> now, do you agree? Do you, th- you think it's que- queerish? Oh, I definitely think it's queer. I think any show that has strong female, that is from a strong female lead, especially with that female not living a traditional quote unquote mm. life, it's the definition of sort of the funny girl, the gypsy story, the golden girl story. Odd. What shouldn't be odd, but odd portrayals of women Mm -hmm. is what gay men, queer people in general, but specifically gay men often gravitate towards. Even even with gay ass bags? (laughs) <laughs> whoa! <laughs> no, it's I literally. Whoa. Uh, yeah. hey, whoa! 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 Brand, 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 they just brand, said brand. gay bags, not gay cool. ass bags. I'm confused. I mean, they had Oscar Levant references in the show. That feels, you Who's know, that? particularly coded. Who's Oscar Levant? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it's just a gay name. They said men's names. <laughs> no, I remember that specifically. It's a reference where uh, Paladino is talking about her battles with the network over certain references in the well, script. Also, the butler guy or the Michelle. manager of the Michelle. hotel. Yeah, he was very gay on the show. They made him canonically gay in the yeah, new episodes. They did. And That's then right. also, apparently, uh, Suki originally was supposed to be a lesbian character, mm. but they could not. Like, WB was like, now. And yeah. then she she went, and the woman who originally was supposed to play Suki actually became the lesbian character on Mrs. Maisel. Right. Mm. Yeah, what's her oh, name? Right. I, I'm Alex blanking Borstein. Alex Borstein. Borstein. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and Lois. a f- little it funny tidbit around. about Alex Borstein. She posted once on Twitter that, that, that she won an award or a nomination for Mrs. Maisel, and I think Amazon tweeted, like, congratulations to Alex Bornstein. And <laughs> she was like, thanks, guys, but my name is Alex Borstein. <laughs> like, they <laughs> spelled her <laughs> name wrong on their own, like, network. I will you know. say, Alex Bornstein was in one of the best shows I have ever seen Mad in the last TV. like getting 25 on. years Family getting on getting, getting on <laughs> getting on is like one of the best written shows ever we, we have your HBO. next binge podcast <laughs> Get, getting on boys Watch getting, getting on, on guys. incredible guys where can they f- everybody find you now on the internet you can find me at Kevin T. Porter on the internet and I'm at Electra Lemon you can follow our new podcast The Get Off Gang <laughs> which, Get Off Gang which we talk about getting on just Love it. Google get off gang and you'll find it. I'm sure. <laughs> it'll, it'll come up first thing. That's Google right. images. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks Thank for being here. Thank Thanks you. for having us. And another thing. Alan, I'll let you I'll let you intro this part. Hair, body, face. <laughs> hair, body, face. Brent doesn't understand. That's a song from <laughs> a Star is Born. Okay. Yeah. Right. A Star yeah. is Born soundtrack. Really that as soon as as soon as I read the note before we started this segment, I literally just screamed out, hair, body, face. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. Brent was very lost. Um the question is, do you get ready before you go out? Oh, By no, the way, I, was, do, I wasn't lost. So, I was annoyed. But, uh, <laughs> anyway. And if so, how do you get ready when you go out? I'm going to let Brent start because mine's a long answer. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm relatively simple. I do a spritz of cologne. Yeah, spritz and you walk into I it. Sp- so I spritz in the air ahead of me and then I walk into it. I kind of drift into it, I should say. Instead of on your body. Yeah. And the one thing that I, like, weirdly enough care the most about uh, is I – on my forehead, I have short hair. Yeah. If the – you know, the, what do you call that? Widow's peak? Widow's peak. If If – any part of the hair on my forehead is longer than the other part. If it's not like a straight line, I feel like I look like a degenerate. <laughs> and so I'm always like, like, and sometimes I'll, fr- do you ever do this where like you, you're like, there's like this one thing that you think makes you look acceptable and then you forget to do it for like three days and I'll be at, I'll be out. I'll look at myself. I'll see I have my widow's peak and I'm like, you fucking piece of shit. You look terrible. <laughs> you look terrible. 
I didn't uh, even so know you had of a widow's peak. Yeah, because well, I'm pretty consistent about it. Do you buzz it's it? It's very slight, but I buzz it. Mm. Yeah. That's it? You just you those, spritz those, on cologne and then make sure you don't have yeah. a widow's peak? Yeah, I mean, I shower. Peak, a visible you know? widow's ah! peak. I shower. <laughs> Do you wear? Are, are there any specific clothes that you wear when you go out? I mean, needless to say, I wear form-fitting T-shirts form-fitting that t-shirts. hug my neck. All I ask is that the T-shirt hugs my neck. Right. <laughs> I don't like any. I hate sagginess. Well, you do opposite. love a very I, tight crew neck. Crew neck. I canary want, yellow. I've lit, my dream is to like just have like clothes, like get everything tailored so you like. Yeah, it makes your just, shoulders look broad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it works. Everyone always says it. Yeah, always true. that his shoulders look broad. Yes, I've always. literally never heard anyone say that about. <laughs> yeah, everyone always says that. Sure looks great on you. Your your shoulders yeah. look so good. They would say that to you. But it's that true. widow's peak, I've heard so much. That is very funny. <laughs> Um, do you want me to go to me complex. or you? I mean, I can answer. I, 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 there's a lot that goes into getting HL and Scott ready to go out into the world, um, and it depends on where I'm going. If I'm going here, I don't really care all that much. It's still a process, but like, it's not as detailed as if I'm going to like do stand up or something. Yeah, like if I'm going to do stand up, if I'm going to a party and I'm going to be like seen or whatever, and if there's going to be a picture there. Then say paparazzi you mean, Alan? Well, no, like a selfie or something. Like yeah. there is going to be things that I'm going to do in order to make myself feel better about how I look. For example, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of lotions that go on after I you shower. You have more lotion than I've seen in any bathroom in my entire life. Yeah. Aloe and lotion. You don't even have space for the lotion. <laughs> Very important. And uh, and then there's a lot of body scents that come on to mm-hmm. my skin. Um, a lot of eye creams because mm. uh, we're reaching that age uh, but then <laughs> yeah. I have massive pores it's like a thing in my family we all have insanely large pores mm. so I do a toner to like deepen the pores so you can't oh. really see my pores and then I do for under my eyes I have like really bl- like I have dark eyes <laughs> situation <laughs> wow so i do a little bit of makeup under my eyes and then I've, I've thought about that and then for my for like stage stuff or even for like the hairline area you put a little bit of brown like like contour on these areas and it will sh- it'll like it creates shadows on your face see this is so strange because you're the one who's like so body positive but I, I'm no, surprised. I'm to making hear that... myself look good, and so that I feel good about myself. That is positivity. No, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's negative. But like, I'm just surprised you would be concerned with uh, a a wrinkle or something. Oh, or I'm not. I'm not. It's not a concern. Pores. It's like I want to look my best, and I want to make sure that like if I'm on stage or if I'm doing something, I want to make sure that a shine hits my face in the right way. Yeah. Or that like, so, you know what I mean? Like I want. To give off into the world how I want the world to see me. Would you get Botox? Of course. Yeah. In a second. (laughs) I would get. I think we've talked about this. I get more than just Botox. I would get things lifted, (laughs) sucked out. Like I think we've said, Michael, your boyfriend has has established that if you were like left your own devices and had enough money to just get whatever you'd want, you'd literally return home looking like a completely different person. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And only because I want to. I want to look like the version of myself that I see in the mirror that maybe I don't feel like the rest of the world always sees. Oh, I think I think people know that you're very handsome. Well, I know I'm handsome. <laughs> it's just I want to make myself even more handsome. <laughs> okay. So toners, contouring, highlights, I would lotion. I would compliment you, but then you you interrupted Elliot when he said I had broad shoulders to, to, to <laughs> openly disagree with him. Elliot, what do you do? But do you, what do you you tweeze your pussy? What do you do? Uh, I tweeze my pussy. <laughs> I don't even know what that do means. you guys tweeze your eyebrows? No. Oh yeah. No? Well, I have I have a unibrow and I'm Extraordinarily insecure about it. Yeah, I tweeze. I my eyebrows are so shaped. Sally Hansen. You tweeze them? Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Oh what? You because, tweeze like, yours, Brian? You see how mine don't go down? 
Uh-huh. They know they naturally have this curve here. Yeah. I want them straight. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, interesting. Yeah. yeah, me too. No, my my routine is I mean, rather simple. I like to uh have... You give yourself a semi before you go out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I also like like brands. Yourself. I like to wear like somewhat form fitting clothes that are good. I guess. Although you hate how t the the fun thing about Ellie is it very fun, ha- very fun <laughs> hates, for you. He hates he hates how everything fits on him. I hate, so if yeah. if you if you actually pay attention, if you ever see Elliot in, in real life, he's tugging, <laughs> tugging. at his shirt I tug. constantly, constantly because he's Why? uncomfortable with how it, it with how it fits, falls how it falls. I never like how clothes fall on me. <laughs> I don't like. Well, how- what are you pulling out? He's, uh, he's just uh, making, like he's making space. Making just, space, yeah. For what, though? Um, so you can't I don't see know. him. Oh. Yeah, I don't but want... But you want it to be form-fitting. Yeah, that's the interesting part. I would like a certain... Yeah, the top part to be form... I guess like Brent says, like the mm-hmm. top fart... Top fart. The top <laughs> part to be form-fitting and the bottom part to not be like skin that's tight. That's called a muumuu. Yeah, I guess you're right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've really, I, like, I enjoy like wearing like... Of clothes that have like a hint of fun to it, yeah, but nothing like too a hint of fun. Yes, a hint of fun. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm the same way with my t-shirts. Yeah, I your need, t-shirts have a hint of fun. I need, I need the message to be on brand. See, I don't care what my clothes say. My clothes are like yes, you do. I really don't. I I don't give a fuck. I want to be as relaxed really? and baggy. Yeah, but you and... wear stylish clothes that are baggy. Yeah, but I'm not wearing I, the clothes. Aren't what I want people to take away. It's my face that I want people to take away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's how I approach. That's great. No, really, it's I know how, it's great. It's how I approach a situation. It's my voice. It's my it's the weird things about my nails. It's like things, my shoes, like mm-hmm. something about me that you take away. That because the clothes. I'm just wearing black and blue today. Sometimes, mm-hmm. but you still wear yeah, clothes that are wear, fun. Sometimes you wear clothes that are that are fun. I don't see them as fun. I see them as very cat. Wait, practical. what did he wear? I what you wore a onesie, wore like, a onesie and then a I'm wearing a onesie now. A, yeah, but you wore like a black onesie of um colorful gingham shirt and a bow tie. Yeah. That was fun. When did I wear a bow tie? I recorded a few times a few episodes oh. ago. Maybe a bowl. I don't know. I will also you, sometimes you dress like MC Hammer and you know it. <laughs> it's great. And I you love know it. it. I will also say that my thing, I think like Brent, um is cologne, cologne, cologne. Oh yeah. Sure. I, I have I don't even just do cologne, perfume. I stop sometimes wearing deodorant. If you mix like What'd you say? I stop wearing deodorant. Completely? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, unless I'm like powering through that day, but yeah, I'm wow. cuz it's like I heard once at a party that it gives you cancer, so I'm like I'm never using it again. Well, you I mean, you could use the what's it called? Do you know that stuff? The, the certain dry or yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Tom, yeah. I, I use certain dry. I mean, I don't that think stings. I smell. You don't. Well, thank you. Um, uh, but, but cologne helps. Wait, what? Perf- <laughs> I, I I like to wear Lalabo Santal Thirty Three Lalabo. <laughs> sure. That's my scent. I don't need more than that, honestly. What do you wear that you like? My mom uses this Dior like c- perfume that she's mm. had for years and years and years, and so I wear that a lot of the time because I like. It, I am not against a man makes, woman wearing perfume. It makes me no. It, <laughs> I'm honestly, not. Yeah. It, it like I live so far away from my mom, and I do genuinely miss her sometimes. Yeah. And I am very scent driven. Oh, same. And so like it's when I put it on, it like almost kind of makes me feel like I'm with my mom. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, I haven't smelled it in years, but I. Remember finding the scent of the the deodorant my mom wore when I was like, you know, K, you know, zero to ten was the most comforting smell in the world. Yeah, I when I was a kid, my my parents were separated and my father had custody of us. And I remember one weekend there was long stretches where I wouldn't see my mom, and she had given me. This is how I think where my like scent reaction, emotional Mm -hmm. reaction started. Uh, She had 
I had this like gummy lifesavers, like they were in a little packet, like a plastic packet. Oh, I packet. remember. <laughs> and and I ate them all, obviously. <clears throat> but then because I was away from my mom for so long after that, that I would, I had to hide because my stepmom hated my mom, so I couldn't talk about her or have anything about my mom near mm. me. Um, cool. At school, <laughs> at school on my desk, I would hide the old. A plastic bottle of the gummies, mm. and I would just smell it. That's very sweet. And it oh, made me so think sweet. of my mom. Do you want to oh know something God. about me in preschool? I was held back in preschool. I did an extra year, and I would I would get so homesick during school. During what the three hours, two and a half hours we were there, <laughs> that I would wander out of the class. I would go up to the picture that they had pictures of you with your mom, and I would just cry by it. <laughs> oh, oh. That's so I was, I was so. Oh God. <sighs> well, uh, yeah, I think emotionally my, stunted. Anyway. My grandma also wore. I think what your mom wears, Dior. Yeah. And uh-huh. to this day, if I smell it, I'm like, oh, I cheer up immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't cheer up as much, but I do. It's just so comforting. Well, by the way, gay, apparently gay guys are more sensitive to smell. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. Hmm. Which is a... It's, I'm, I'm, I'm setting <laughs> up a joke. That's so. <laughs> hmm. um, I don't know if I believe that study. Really? Yeah. Uh, but is there anything else you do? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of like... Pre- uh, just like preparing a, an outfit that makes me feel okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a lot of trying on, <laughs> not, you know, trying on, tossing into a pile... Yeah, um, and I usually end up just wearing black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if I honestly like, I you like. You said that fun. so defeated. You're well, like, I, I like black. fun. I do like a little bit of fun. Like I said, a hint of fun in my clothing. <laughs> but really, like, if I just buckled down and wore the most, like, the closest thing to like uh, a, 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 a a biker, you know, black leather, distressed jeans. Wait, really? And a black T-shirt. You want to be a leather daddy? No, I'm saying like that look is always just great. It yeah. just works. You know, you know what's weird? I feel I feel bad about myself all the time. But the other day I forgot my gym shorts at home and I was at the gym. So I just wore my my gray jeans and uh, a black t-shirt and I don't think I've ever looked better in my wow, life. Wow. And yeah. it was so it was so bizarre that I'm yeah. like why I, maybe I should just dress like this more That's often. That's the thing. I wish it weren't as simple as that, but yeah. I'm like sometimes I'm like blacks and blues and leather yep. and distressed jeans. It just yep, it's just hot. Yep, it's just the hottest. It just works. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go quite so far as to say I looked hot, but well, you uh... probably did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to take a judgment on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw you off a bridge, <laughs> Alan. <laughs> What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something on today's show? You need to start wearing deodorant again, you smell. <laughs> she can't even smell you. Yeah. My Aunt Joanne would say, the Gilmore girl's Jewish. I make, I make Aunt jo- Joanne sound like a Shylock. And she is not. <laughs> she, she couldn't be further from that. I'm just like really, really <laughs> pressing that, <laughs> right. pressing that juice button. <laughs> My Aunt Anne would say... You know, I tried to get your cousin Tony to wear bangs for years to cover up that scar. He wouldn't do. He just looks out looking like a freak. <laughs> oh, a man with bangs. Gorgeous. <laughs> I love a man with bangs. Oh I really do. Yeah. Really? I do. I mean, really? Most mm-hmm. men don't have bangs. I know. Bangs are, like, exclusively a thing for like long hair. You, like, hair. Tussled. Tussled. Really? Vintage Andy Samberg. Uh... I don't that, even know that what actually, that is. That, no, that's very, that's very Elliot. Well, thanks for sense. listening. I'm talking about a mop top, Alan. Oh. Ew. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm H. Alan Scott. <laughs>
A podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.